junk light is any light that isn't a direct source from the sun. The people that sleep the best typically sleep in 100% darkness. In the middle of the night, you get up and use the bathroom and switch on a source of blue light. Your melatonin production will cease to produce melatonin. It will take 20 minutes to return back to normal. So when you actually look at some of the studies that are talking about flicker, it's actually that in digital devices and office lighting that is causing those headaches, migraines when using the computer. And, and that is going to have a pronounced effect on, on our biology in a negative way. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Super excited about today's episode. Friends, when I say taking charge of your light exposure is one of the most profound and easy things that you can do in your life, I honestly mean that. I've been doing this for years now and will not look back. If after listening to this episode, you would like to get your own pair of blue light blocking glasses, you can get 15% off. Just go to blueblocks.com and use the coupon code MELANIEAVALON. So that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com with the coupon code MELANIEAVALON. I'll put all that information in the show notes. These show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash blue light questions. And as we talk about, one of the things I love about Andy's company is for every pair of blue light blocking glasses that you buy from them, they do donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need, which is so incredible. I adore Andy. He and his company have a heart of gold and they're creating this amazing product, which can truly revolutionize your stress, your sleep, your anxiety, so many things. There will be an episode giveaway for this episode. For that, just join my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods Plus Life. Comment something you learned or something that resonated with you on the pinned post to enter to win something I love. All right, without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful conversation with the founder of Blue Blocks, Andy Mant. Hi friends, welcome back to the show. I am so excited about the conversation that I am about to have. It is about a topic that is makes a major impact on my life literally each and every day. I am not making that up. I, I often get questions about what is my favorite biohack or what is my favorite thing that I integrate into my life out of all the things. And that's always a really hard question, but there is one thing that I have been doing for quite a while now that, like I said, I use each and every day, and it has such a radical, radical effect on my mood, my sleep, my energy, my anxiety, everything. So I am thrilled to do a deep dive into this topic. I have actually already had one show on the topic. That is with the founder of a company called Blue Blocks, Blue Light Blocking Glasses, Andy Mant. And in the first episode, which I will put a link to that in the show notes, we we dive deep into the science of blue light and why you want to 
possibly block blue light and how to hack your light exposure. So we will in this episode go over that a little bit in the beginning to get everybody up to speed with everything. But then we also are going to dive deep into listener questions because ever since airing that episode, so many of you guys have got blue light blocking glasses for yourself. You have questions. I just get, I mean, I get hit with questions all the time about it. So I thought it was high time that we bring this fabulous person back onto the show for a special listener Q&A. So that's what we are here for today. Andy, thank you so much for being here. Oh, what a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much, Melanie. It's always uh, an absolute pleasure to, to talk to, to you and your community. And I think one of the things I wanted to, to say was a huge thank you to everyone that's listening to this amazing show that has actually joined our Blue Blocks community. We've had so many of your community come and, and experience Blue Blocks and, and radicalize and transform their their sleep and, and eye health. And, you know, it's just an honor to be able to now come on and answer their questions or maybe even answer other questions for people that are still on the fence. It's it's a beautiful opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy. I was just thinking whenever I talk to you, I just I just smile. You're just such such a wonderful person to know and everything that you're doing with the company and you know so much about the science and I, I'm just really grateful for for you as a person. I will briefly tell listeners, I talked about this in the first episode that we did together, but my my personal story with like blue light blocking glasses is that I've been like sort of hacking my blue light exposure for quite a while now before blue light blocking glasses were ever a thing. And Andy, we can hear your your story as well, because I think you have have sort of a similar story as far as like trying in the past potential different glasses that could block blue light and experiencing benefits from that. But the issues that come in with, you know, what level of blue light are you blocking, the different potential types of blue light, the different types of glasses you can wear. Like for the longest time, I was finding glasses from all these different companies, not really sure like if they were doing what they said they were doing. And then I was introduced to you, learned all about your company and realized that you actually had blue light blocking glasses for basically every type that I could ever want and that my listeners could ever want. So yeah, that's a good question. Just to start things off, would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your story and what brought you to form and found Blue Blocks and why you are where you are today with everything. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it started quite a few years ago for me. And, you know, one thing that was really not great in in my life was was my sleep. And there was a sort of a long trail of events that led to me looking into to sleep. And that really started, you know, eight to 10 years ago when I wanted to address my weight. And I got that sorted through various dieting interventions. And I did that by my own research. And then I went on to address my sleep, which had never been good. So I started doing what sort of any researcher would would really do, which was just starting to read a lot of the information that was available on, you know, free journal sites. So you know, like a PubMed where you can go on, you can search for studies related to sleep. And, you know, these are all sort of peer reviewed clinical trials, some of them double blind, you know, placebos, and you can pick out the best ones and you can read them and you can begin to look at patterns into what each of these studies are saying could be mechanisms for, for how to sleep better. And one common theme that just kept coming up and up and up was the circadian theory of, of sleep. Um, it's not even a theory, I guess, the mechanism for sleep. It's, it's proven in so much that, you know, we have these 
body clocks in our in our brains and, and across our body that are influenced by light and dark signals. So when it's light, it causes us to be alert and awake. And when it's dark, it causes us to be sleepy and, and get a good night's sleep. And that sort of led me to really explore the circadian rhythm and how light plays a part in governing our, our sleep-wake cycles. And it, it just just so turned out that when you look at it sort of, you know, objectively, you can see that, you know, we're no longer giving our circadian rhythms any real darkness anymore. We're, you know, illuminating our evenings post-sunset with televisions, multiple different digital backlit devices, our house lights, our fridge lights, etc. And these are all sending messages to our brain to keep us alert and awake and, and not to go to sleep or, you know, not to have the best night's sleep that we could. And it just so happened that the further you go down these rabbit holes, the more things you can find and you can really refine into specific areas. And, you know, light as a general topic is probably as far as any other blue light company would go in terms of, yeah, we can't really have too much blue light after dark. That will help us sleep. And you've got to apply context to that. You know, you can't just stick on a pair of orange glasses from, you know, eBay or Amazon and expect the same result as something that a product that has gone a little bit further and looked at the exact wavelengths that impact our melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. And that's what we did. We, we found a study by someone called Buckhart in 2001, and, and it was called the Action Spectrum for Melatonin um, Regulation in Humans. And that looked at what banding of light had, the, had an impact on suppressing melatonin, which would then impact our sleep. And it turned out that between 400 and 550 nanometers, which in layman terms is 100% of blue light and the majority of green light, needed to be blocked 100% in that range to get the most optimal sleep. And I was only interested in optimal. I wanted optimization. I didn't want just sort of, you know, the half-assed approach and, and get an okay night's sleep. And that's where it came into to play when I was trying these other orange glasses, a bit like yourself, Melanie, you know, trying out a few of them and, you know, getting some okay results. But, you know, we're always in the search, you and I, for, for optimal. And when it came down to it, and we tested those glasses that we bought off Amazon, eBay, you know, 20 to $50 a pair, whatever it might have been, through a lab-grade spectrometer, we found that none of them actually filtered in line with this study. And a lot of them weren't even 50% filtering in line with this study. So that was where we set about creating a lens to help people sleep that blocked exactly 100% within the exact banding of light that disrupted melatonin. And that was how Sleep Plus glasses were, were born. And I've done a YouTube video recently testing them live on camera with a um, lab-grade spectrometer to prove that here's the study and here's our glasses. And, and one other important thing as well is that, you know, you can go out and buy, the, you know, a cheap pair of red glasses that will block everything up to about 600 nanometers. But we're only interested in that specific banding of light because we still want people to have a good quality of life. We want them to be able to see what they're watching, see the things on their phone, be able to cook and, you know, whilst wearing these glasses and walk around and move about after sunset. And when you go darker, you start taking out more frequencies of light. So you start actually just seeing red, which is not what you want to do. So we want to just find that exact sweet spot in, in line with the science. And then from there, Sleep Plus glasses were born, which, you know, wear two to three hours before bed. And then we started going deeper into blue light and found that it had an issue during the day in, in isolated quantities. So we invented, you know, clear computer glasses. Then we realized that some people were sensitive to light during the day. So we had the computer glasses infused with 
color therapy because we found that certain colors could invoke different moods in people. And the, the tint we use for our summer glow glasses helps people elevate their mood and feel happier and, and, and more elevated. And then we were like, well, what about the blue light that's in people's houses that is impacting their skin? Because blue light impacts your skin. It causes aging. It, it can still disrupt melatonin through your skin. So we invented the Lumi light bulbs. And both of those, like the red one eliminates all blue and green light. The yellow one eliminates the majority of blue light and just leaves a little bit in for during the day. Um, and we also took out flicker from those, which is causing eye strain and neurological issues. And we took out EMF. And then, yeah, we were like, well, you know, what's the final piece of the light puzzle here? And that was red light therapy and near infrared light. So we invented a, a small, low EMF and zero flicker portable red light therapy device to use as well, because people that have blue light damage during the day will need to repair any of that by inputting more red light into their life. So we started off with this amazing idea of these sleep plus glasses, and we are now turning ourselves into this entire sort of light management company where we will only implement the most optimal products for, for people out there after you know, for instance, the light bulbs and red light therapy took 15 months for us to actually refine and, and get right. So yeah, we will only give people the best no matter how long that takes us. Oh my goodness. So many things you already touched on that I love. This is a really quick tangent, but I recently had on, I don't know if you're familiar with Joel Green, but I recently had him on the podcast and he has a book called The Immunity Code, but he has a whole section on circadian rhythms within ourselves and not even just like light rhythm, but I didn't realize how many things are entrenched into rhythms in our bodies. Like it's not just light, it's things like sodium retention and like even stress levels. Like apparently Monday is people experience the highest stress on Monday, regardless of their situation or their environment or their job or anything. It's, it's really, really fascinating. And it made me realize just because I was thinking it was just light, but it's, it's so many things. And it, it's crazy to think that, you know, how many of these things are actually driven on like the level of our cells. And so it's very empowering to, I use the word hack, but, you know, to like embrace that and use something like the blue light blocking glasses to support the rhythms that best support our bodies. Really quick question about the bulbs, because you sent me the bulbs to, to try the, the ones that you came out with and they're incredible. I replaced all my lamps with them. So at night when I turn on my lamps, it's like the wonderful red glow, the flicker. That's something that, cause you mentioned the flicker and the bulbs. That's something that people, we don't perceive seeing, right? So what is the flicker? Yeah. And this is an area that needs a lot more attention because I've been talking about sort of light in terms of the visible spectrum for, for a long time. And, you know, I've started to look at it a little bit more from the invisible side of things as well and how that can impact us at, at various cellular levels. And with flicker, what that means is you, you get two types of flicker. It's, it's fairly straightforward. You get visible flicker, which means that, you know, if you remember the discos back in the day and, and nightclubs, you'd go and there'd be a, you know, house DJ playing and then you'd have all this strobe lighting going along, you know, that flashing light. And when you move around, you know, it feels like you're moving in slow-mo. That's like visible flicker. You can see it flickering and you can see that slow motion you know, where like you'd move your hand, but it feels like, you know, you can see the wave and feels like you're moving slowly. And the reason that happens with visible flicker, right, is because your brain is having to work harder to piece together the messages and, and the light signals because it's not one constant stream of light that it's used to from the sun. So what happens is you can still see the images, but they're distorted. It's slow motion. Your brain has to basically work harder to piece it together. Now, 
that's fine because you're only really exposing yourself every now and again. And, you know, people that are probably in a club seeing that kind of stuff are probably drunk anyway, which is probably just as bad or, you know, kind of just having a damage, e- damaged evening anyway. But when it comes to invisible flicker, the same thing happens. So every LED light, 99.9% of them flicker. Okay. You can't see it with your naked eye, but if you film an LED light source in slow-mo mode on your smartphone and play it back to yourself, you'll see like that strobe light effect happens on, on almost every light. So you can do it on your digital devices. You can do it on mainly house, house and office lights seem to be the worst, but what happens is the brain still has to work like it did, like I just explained with the strobe lighting to piece together the images. Now, because it's invisible flicker, you can still see a solid image and see solid images around you because your brain is having to work overtime to produce those images. Now, this is fine for for visual acuity. You can see things. It's not a problem. But if you expose yourself to too much flicker, you start to develop the, the symptoms of digital eye strain. So your eyes will get really sore and you might develop a headache at the end of the day from using a computer. And a lot of people, and including myself, used to think that that was majority excess blue light. But that didn't make too much sense when it came to looking at, well, the sun has a lot of blue light in it. And yes, the sun has red light, which heals and restores, but the sun doesn't flicker. So when you actually look at some of the studies that are talking about flicker, it actually seems to be that in digital devices and office lighting that is causing those headaches, migraines, digital eye strain, dry eyes, watery eyes during the day when using a computer. And what also happens is it's almost like a spectrum, like with anything, you know, some people may just get sort of sore eyes from flicker, but other people at the far end of the spectrum will get something called photosensitive epilepsy, which could be triggered unknowingly, even if the person's like, well, there's no flickering strobe lighting around here. It's like, well, actually there is. Your brain can detect it, but your eyes can't see it. And some other studies have indicated, a caveat, albeit in animal studies at this stage, that the flickering effect of these LED lights can actually induce neurological damage over time as well. So, you know, until there's studies in humans, I guess we can, you know, take it sort of subjectively however we want. But, you know, typically a lot of studies that come out in animals then go on to be proven in humans down the line as as well. So it's something worth noting. The reason these LED lights flicker is that it's an energy saving tactic. So 20 odd years ago, we all had incandescent lighting in our houses. And these were like the sort of the Edison bulbs. They, you know, screwed in, they were very low in blue light and they ran off almost like a direct sort of DC current and they didn't flicker to any great degree, you know, it flickered a little bit and that was about it. And then what they did was they decided, you know, these lights weren't energy efficient and they were taking too much energy to power them. You know, there's a lot of talk 20 years ago, as there is today about global warming, climate change and things like that. And one of the methods that they did was they stripped out all the high hungry wavelength lights, like the, the reds and oranges. They replaced them with a lot of blue light, which was a problem in LEDs. But what they also did was they took out the DC switchboard within these lights and ran them directly from the mains, which is an alternating current. And an alternating current is a current that pulses. So to save energy, they don't deliver a constant stream of energy, of power. They pulse it very quickly. So you're saving energy. Now, what that happens is it goes into the light and it pulses the light out. So what we did with Lumi 
was that we took the LED light bulbs because LEDs are great. You know, you get better brightness. Um, you, you're able to do things. Incandescence as well are a nightmare. I, I used to have them before I invented this light bulb. And you're replacing them sort of every week or two because they're always popping. So we got the the original LEDs. But what I did was, and I say I did, what I asked my engineers to do, which took them 15 months to figure out, was to put a switchboard, like an IC unit within the bulb which would convert the AC current into a, a DC current. And they put other technology in there as well, which is just way above sort of my head that actually reduced flicker even further than incandescent bulbs, which was, which was amazing. And then when you actually put that circuitry inside a bulb and don't rely on the current directly from the mains, you actually radically reduce EMF as well, which is like dirty electric in this case, because your power board is is different from the electricity board. And it's almost acting like a, a filter. So you're getting this triple whammy of no flicker, no EMF, and also no blue or green light after sunset, but with enough brightness, like luminosity, in order to see and do things. So yeah, these were really game changing and people are people are absolutely um absolutely loving them, which is great. Oh my goodness, I had no idea there was so much going on in those light bulbs. That's incredible. I know, like un- unscrew the top if you get a chance and have a look inside it. It will blow your mind. I will, I will, like <laughs> right after this. That is so cool. Oh my goodness, I love that. Okay, some some other questions about potential ambient light sources that we've had. This is a good question and I've also wondered this. Mary, she said that she has a pink Himalayan salt lamp that she leaves on at night and she wonders if that sort of light is disrupting her sleep. Oh, and then she also wants to know if maybe the health benefits of the Himalayan salt lamp might outweigh the the light effect. I don't know if you have thoughts on Himalayan salt lamps. Yeah, it's a really good question. I and mean, I'm, I'm all for Himalayan salt lamps. I think they're great during the day to help balance out the blue light that's coming from screens and digital devices. The the, the one issue you'd you'd have, I like to see both sides of the, the argument with these things. And I think it's, it's a good hack um, for during the day. But what you've got to look at is what light source are you putting inside your salt, salt lamp? The flicker, I guess, aside, because it will be minor within within a, within a salt lamp, is if you're putting in a a blue, like a standard LED sort of light bulb within your salt lamp, what light is that emitting within the salt lamp? It's going to be high blue light. The salt lamp will then give that sort of pinkish glow. It won't give a red glow. And if you test a salt lamp with a spectrometer, there is still some presence of blue light left with, with within that light source. You know, you can put a film over something and, you know, you'd still get some ambient blue that would, would still be emitted. And the same is true as well with with things like, I always hate to name brands, but I'm going to, because they're massive and it'll be fine, is like Philips Hue light, lighting. Like it's a light bulb you put in and it's run off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and you can change the color of it. We've tested it with a spectrometer and even their red light mode on that emits some blue light as well, albeit hardly any, but still some in there not to be optimal. So you just got to be careful with with those types of things. So in terms of having a salt lamp in your room whilst you sleep, I would I don't think it's going to be hugely detrimental because you're not giving out huge amounts of, of blue light, but you still are going to have a little bit in them. And I understand some people need something to sleep by. You know, maybe our ancestors would have slept by the campfire. Maybe they would have slept in, in caves. We don't know this, but one or the other would have been a sort of tangible guess. The, the the evidence that I've seen on optimizing sleep is that the people that sleep 
the best. So in terms of getting more deep sleep and more REM sleep, typically sleep in 100% darkness. So that's blackout blinds, that's 100% blackout sleep masks, no ambient light in their room. They also sleep in, in, in a cold environment, typically between 16 and 20 degrees Celsius. I'm sorry, I, I don't work in, um, in Fahrenheit, but I'm sure that's pretty, pretty chilly. Yeah, I think it's low. I think like around 64-ish. I don't know. I know it's like low 60s that they recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sleep with, with, with earplugs as well, which is interesting because... Yeah, my, my REM sleep has definitely improved with blocking out a lot of ambient noise, but I know a lot of people like pink noise and white noise while they sleep. So, you know, when it comes from a sleep optimization standpoint, I guess what I'm saying is what the studies are showing is that complete darkness is is the best for us. But I've always, you know, I'm, I'm always one to say that you've got to do what works for you. Okay, so... I would ideally invest in a sleep tracker of, of some sort. There's loads out on the market, you know, Fitbit, Whoop, Aura, you know, lots of different different ones that you can try and kind of track it. Try sleeping for a week in complete darkness. Try sleeping for a week with the salt lamp on. Run a few sort of tests yourself. Like you don't have to be, you know, a real avid biohacker like yourself or, or, or me to be able to run these tests. Like anyone can run them. And it's, you know, one thing that, you know, led me to think of this is that, you know, recently I had a, a really in-depth DNA analysis because I wanted to figure out, you know, what polymorphisms I might have and what sort of other tendencies I might have within my DNA. And, and a lot of it came back as a big shock to me. And a lot of the things that I had been saying maybe like eight, 10 years ago about nutrition and saying that everyone should eat like this kind of came back to haunt me in a way because what I'd been saying was actually the complete opposite for me personally. So you've, you've got to be, you know, I was, I was touting high fat diets are the way to go. I was going to say, was it like a, the opposite of low carb maybe for you? It was. Yeah, absolutely. And I lost a lot of weight on, on keto and, and it was fantastic and I felt great, but you know, what damage it was doing to me at a cellular level and, and a, uh, I guess uh, to my DNA and how it would handle it. Like I've got this polymorphism in, in me, which means that I've got a variant within one of my genes that only 1% of people in the world typically have, which means I can't process saturated fat very well. So it's, it, it's causing... Do you know which variant it is? Was it APOE4? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. It was within there and it was... That's a, that's a doozy. Yeah, I know. It's a bummer because I bloody love steak, but maybe I'll just have it less frequently. But, you know, I, it turns out I thrive on higher carbohydrate diets. So I'm not talking about like crap carbohydrates. I'm talking like, you know, the sweet potatoes, you know, brown rice, wild rice, things like that, as opposed to saturated fats. And, you know, what also I thrive on in protein is very high muffer and puffer. So a lot of like my fats need to come from seeds and nuts and fish. So it turns out that more of a Mediterranean style diet is, is better for me. I know we've sort of deviated massively from this question, but it was just so fascinating. And it's, it's yeah, absolutely fascinating. And, you know, since changing my, my diet to, to incorporate all that, I feel like I'm going harder in the gym. I feel like I'm sleeping better again, aesthetically, you know, for the first time ever in my life, I have a six pack now, which is unbelievable. And that's just changing, you know, changing a few things in my diet and, and not getting beat up with dogmatic, you know, things where, you know, maybe it's something I did strongly believe in, but as the science changes or new evidence comes to light, I always am happy and humble enough to be like, you know what? 
high fat is great for people that can tolerate that. But for me, it didn't work. And this is why, you know, I wanted to caveat that and say that in the fact that going back to the salt lamp question is that, yes, there's a lot of academic studies that show that keto is amazing. There's also a lot of academic studies that show sleeping in complete darkness is, is, is optimal for sleep. But is that going to be optimal for you know, 99% of people, probably. Is that going to be optimal for the lady that's written in that question? We don't know. You have to test it and you have to like be critical and think about things, you know, yourself. And, you know, the the academic literature will take you so far, but run tests on yourself. We're all very different and we all come from different sort of ancestral backgrounds. And I I would say just try it out, track your sleep, data is king and, you know, see how it makes you feel. There's no difference between you sleeping with a salt lamp on in your REM and deep sleep when you track it to when you're in complete darkness, then, you know, go with whichever one you feel more comfortable with. And, you know, it all comes down to other underlying factors as well. Like so many people like to talk about one subject and be like, right, you know, light is the be all and end all. Well, no, it's not because if someone's stressed and scared of sleeping in the dark, for instance, not saying this lady is, then are they going to get a good night's sleep when it's complete blackout? If they're like really scared, every noise they hear, they think someone's trying to break in or they're, they're frightened of ghosts or whatever it may be, or just, just scared of the dark, which some people are, are they going to get a good night's sleep? No, they're not. But according to the studies, they should. Whereas if they have that salt lamp on and they feel safe and comfortable because they've got that warm ambient glow and they're going to get a better sleep, then is having the salt lamp better? Yes, it is. So I think you just got to weigh it up from a lot of different angles. Oh my goodness. That was such an epic answer. <laughs> I am loving this conversation so much. Yeah, I actually, so I, I've had Joe Cohen on the podcast and he he makes a genetic analyzer called Self Decode. And for listeners, I'll, I'll put a link, in the, a link to it in the show notes. But I just yesterday ran, because he always is coming up with new reports for it. And I ran the, the food sensitivity one. And it was really funny because... I, so I feel like I react to like all food ever, but I've always said that, I don't know, like the one thing that doesn't seem to bother me is wine. And, (laughs) and I got back the report and it was looking at like all these different food things like carbs, histamine, lectins, wheat, and and alcohol. I was basically red, like didn't tolerate anything except alcohol. I was like green, like good to go. And I was like, (laughs) like, this validates everything I've been feeling. Not the ideal situation, but it was just really funny. And going back to the the blackout though, and all of that. So I, you've, well, so I've personally sleep best in a really, really dark room and I've been using blackout curtains for the longest time. Your sleep remedy mask, I recommend to anyone and everyone because it's, I've tried, like I've tried a lot of sleep masks and this mask is incredible because you can literally like open your eyes and it's like complete blackout. And like you, it doesn't, it doesn't put any pressure on your eyes. It's, it's really remarkable. And you've been on the intermittent fasting podcast with us. And one of my like favorite moments, because when I first met Jen Stevens, the co-host on that show, <laughs> when we first met, I was like already into all the biohacking stuff and she was having like none of it. And I've been like slowly through the years been like saying all these things like you should try blue light blocking glasses you should try blackout curtains you should try like all these things and I remember one day um sort of recently she said that she finally got blackout curtains and she was like this is the most game-changing thing I've ever done and I was like it's really yep (laughs) it can do that so yeah for listeners if you are seeking blackout at night I highly suggest blackout curtains and I highly suggest the sleep remedy mask that you guys made another question about ambient light 
ick-ish exposure and still in the light bulb realm. So Missy, she says, what about incidental light exposure at night? For instance, going to the bathroom. My husband asked if we would need to replace bathroom lights with all red bulbs or would just some red light be enough to counter the blue light? Uh, She says, does that make sense? So is it like an all or none situation or how does that work? Brilliant question. And one that I, I, I have the answer for from the leading sleep expert in the world, Dr. Alexander Wunsch in Germany. He's been researching light for about 20 years. Someone you should definitely ha- try and have on. What was the name? Dr. Alexander Wunsch. W-U with a couple of dots above the U. N-C-H. Yeah. He's, he's, he's very, very in-depth and complex and a little bit difficult to understand, but he's he is just so knowledgeable i've learned so much from him stuff i hadn't even thought of and he's done a lot of studies and research on this exact question which i've i've studied so what happens is according to wunch is that when you say wear blue light blocking glasses and you're wearing them after sunset and you take those glasses off and expose yourself to a source of blue light this can be you know just from the tv or your house lights being on or it could be in the middle of the night, you get up and use the bathroom and switch on a source of blue light. Your melatonin production will cease to produce melatonin immediately. And it will take 20 minutes to return back to normal. So you're not completely switching off your melatonin production. You're setting it back 20 minutes every time you do this. Okay. So what that means is that if you did it, say, one night, a week, it's not going to be a major issue. You know, your circadian rhythm resets every day, so you'll probably be okay. The issue will be if you repeatedly do it every night or you do it multiple times throughout a night because you'll then start to phase shift your melatonin. So you might then have a harder time producing melatonin optimally between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., which is the optimal times, because if you're getting up to go to the bathroom I don't know, it's typically going to be the same time every night if, 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 if you're getting up every night, you know, say it's 12 o'clock, half 12, one, you're going to then completely shut down melatonin production. You are going to then start secreting it again 20 minutes after when it should be naturally secreted, which means that you might not get up with the sunrise, which would then have a knock-on effect for your circadian rhythm moving forward. And in the evening, you, you can even induce phase shifting by taking off your blue light glasses and exposing yourself to, to, to ambient sources of blue light. And that, what that means is if you phase shift, your melatonin secretion will start happening later and later and later, regardless of whether you're wearing blue light glasses or not, because you're not wearing them optimally. So I guess the, the long and the short of it is the good news is that you're not completely destroying your melatonin production, but the bad news is, and, and it returns back after 20 minutes, but the bad news is you are phase shifting throughout that night. So in answer to the question, red light bulbs, yes, you, you would need them everywhere that you are going to inhabit after you go to sleep. So for instance, I have one thing that has always happened to me, no matter what I do and no matter what help I see is I always have to use a bathroom in the night. I always get up and need to go to the loo, whether I... Me too. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just this, It must be a genetic thing, but literally doesn't matter if I drink no water throughout the day, no fluid, I'll still get up and need to pee. And if I drink a whole litre before bed, it's the same thing. 
it's always going to happen. So I just biohack my environment. I've got red light everywhere in my bedroom and in my bathroom. So when I get up in the night, I don't have to fumble around for my blue light glasses. I can just literally red light on, eyes can be open. And as soon as I go back to bed, my melatonin hasn't been touched. Always think of it ancestrally. Like, you know, think of ancestral Andy, you know, like 600,000 years ago, getting up to have a pee against a tree in the middle of the night, he would have gotten up and he would have had some light source because of the campfire. What color was that? Oranges, reds, yellows. What do those colors of light do? They don't disrupt melatonin at all. They're relaxing, soothing frequency. So I'm putting red light everywhere within, within my bathroom. And, you know, it was actually something I looked into because of my wife, Katie, because she was having wearing the blue light glasses and something I didn't think about wearing those glasses. And she was like, I've got to take my makeup off before I go to bed. So I'm kind of going into the bathroom, taking my glasses off and then having my melatonin switched off as soon as I want to go to bed. And I was just like, yeah, I didn't think of that. And then that was how we started to think about red light bulbs all those sort of 18 months ago when we sort of had that epiphany moment of like, ah, we need something then to to have a hack with this. So yeah, no, in answer to the question, it it has to be a hundred percent red light, unfortunately. And, you know, you don't want any of this phase shifting. You don't want melatonin shut down in the middle of the night. It's just not good. And I think it's a really easy fix to to go in and get this stuff installed and, you know, make sure that you're not exposing yourself to that blue light when you wake up in the night or during the evening as well when you're wearing your, your blue light glasses. This is a question for me. Do you guys think you'll ever make like a motion activated nightlight that's red that I could like put in the bathroom? So then, hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference, May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. 
I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality. They're low EMF. And what I really love is they have a solo unit. That's what I have. And it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving. It's just really an amazing investment. And they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code Melanie Avalon. Or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you. And like I said, that will be up to $200 off. And that will also get you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna. We'll also put that in the show notes. All right. Now back to the show. That would just go on at night in the bathroom. Yeah, it's definitely a really good idea to be fair. And we're always looking for new products. So we would definitely add that to the R&D list because I think that'd be a great idea, you know, like just sort of a something that would just sit by the sink or whatever, or just by the, you know, there is, there is one thing I've, I was thinking as well, which was almost a, a light sensing toilet seat as well. So, you know, you could get to it, but it would be this sort of red, it would light up red. So you could kind of, yeah, not gonna, you don't need to put lights on everywhere, but then I was looking at the EMF component of that as well and figuring that out. But yeah, little things like that always come into my mind. And that's a really good one as well. That motion, motion sensor as well so you wouldn't have to switch stuff on and you literally just walk in and away you go so yeah it's a good idea so epic in the meantime i wonder if they make like like something i could put in your red light into like a i wonder if they make a motion activated socket that would just like turn on the light bulb only they should do yeah that should exist i'm not i'm gonna look for this yeah let me know i want one (laughs) i know i know okay this is a super random question stephanie wants to know do contacts block any light Ah, really good question. I love that. They do. And they block one of the most beneficial invisible frequencies of light, which is ultraviolet light. So they won't typically block any or filter any of the colors. So you're okay there, but they will filter a lot of UV. A lot of them these days, they have it all imported into it and, and you need UV light for various reasons through through the eyes. And, you know, I'm not saying go out all day long in the searing Australian sun and stare, you know, uh, in, into the sun like that. That would be remiss of me. But, you know, you need, you need a decent amount of UV light through the eyes to uh, react with something called DHA, which then helps to induce DC electric current within, within the body, which helps charge mitochondria and also in decrease inflammation. So you, you want to be careful there. But another, going back to Wunsch as well, you, there's two differentiating sort of theories on what junk light is, okay? And you've got the mainstream media narrative, which suggests that junk light is artificial, artificially produced light, you know, from like electrical sources, from LEDs. But what Wunsch goes and says, and, and I have to agree with him, is that junk light is any light that isn't a direct source from the sun. So for instance, if you're sat behind a window, if you're wearing glasses, is the light that is then hitting your skin and your eyes naturally occurring light? No, it's not because there is always going to be some sort of filtration, whether it's invisible through contacts or invisible slash some visible through a car window or an office window. That light isn't the light our circadian rhythms and biology evolved under, we weren't sat behind glass 600,000 years ago. So a lot of his studies 
at the moment, which haven't been concluded yet, but you know, some of the results are starting to come through, is that actually junk light isn't just LED sources, it's any light that isn't directly shining on us without sunscreens on, without windows, without sunglasses, you know, without contact lenses. So and and that is going to have a pronounced effect on on our biology, probably in a negative way. And and we're just so fortunate he's doing more and more studies on this. So you know we got to think of junk light now, really, not as just artificial sources, but manipulation of sunlight as well. So yeah, it's a really interesting question and a really interesting subject that, that again Alexander's doing a lot of work on. I realize I've made a few really rash, very quick biohacking decisions based on like I heard something related to this. And the reason I'm saying this is like, I think I re- listened to a podcast and they were talking about what you just spoke about, about how contacts block UV and how it relates to what I think you were saying, you know, the, the DHA in our eyes and how it was, could like actually hurt the health of our eyes pretty bad. And then I was like, I'm getting LASIK. Like, <laughs> and I did. And the second, the second time I did that was I read James Nestor's breath and I was like, I'm fixing my deviated septum and I had surgery. So yeah, I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, no, so good. I'll also send you Wunch's latest interview with Luke Story on the Lifestylist podcast because that'd be well worth you having to listen to as well. So you can hear a lot of what he's saying because he's says it it was basically what i'm telling you guys now but you know it'd be really good for you to hear some of the things he's saying um because he, he talks about light angle as well which is fascinating his he's got this he's got these two theories right um since we last spoke like he's got this one theory that the angle of light can actually have an impact on us at a cellular level as well so he has even suggested that we've evolved during the day with our light source being from above not from the ground up and not from, you know, like looking directly at us. So his positioning of a lot of his light sources throughout the day are are from above. And then, you know, a lot of people say, well, how do you use our red light bulb after sunset? And Wunch has also said that, well, where did the light source come from? Or like, cause like the fire? Yeah, exactly. It came from the fire, came up, comes from the ground level up. So you want them in lamps. You don't want them overhead because naturally wouldn't have any circadian impacting light from overhead during the night. And, you know, Winch also, I won't spoil the interview too much because I'm saying everything that's good in it, but he talks about how the moon and the stars don't actually impact our circadian rhythms. They're more impactful for monthly cycles within humans. So, you know, and another thing that he's also mentioned, and he's got evidence and results on this at the moment that will be published uh, soon as well, is mercury resonance theory. And that is that fluorescent lighting works by having mercury in in the filaments and it spikes i i believe off the top of my head around about 432 nanometers which is a very high intense blue frequency and he has sort of shown again i believe in maybe animal studies that if you've got mercury within your body so if you eat a diet high in fish or you know you've got some like metal toxicity maybe you've got some fillings from yesteryear when you know they put mercury in in your teeth the the frequency because light impacts us at a biological level and actually can bioactively activate if that's such a, a phrase specific compounds within our body he's even saying that having that intense light at 432 nan- nanometers from mercury in fluorescent lights can actually make mercury more volatile within the body and actually cause it to become toxic when it would just be led dormant naturally if it was in your body under the sun so you know, this stuff's like blowing my mind. Like when I was like listening to it, I was like, it makes complete sense because each frequency of light activates or 
switches off or, or turns on specific processes or compounds within the body. And when you think of it, that we're sat in a warehouse or hospital under this mercury-derived 432 nanometer blue light, it's going to activate and excite that metal within the body. And what happens when you do that to mercury? It becomes toxic. So yeah, it's, it, he goes very deep in this conversation. I really, really suggest taking a, taking a listen as well, because there's some like mind-blowing stuff in there that, that blew my mind. I will. This is so fascinating. Actually, so this week they're doing repairs in my apartment and I had to stay in a, a guest suite and which is... Oh, <laughs> I realize like how much I need all my biohacking things in my life when I have to go stay in a, a different suite with you know different light exposure and everything. But intuitively, I really picked up on that with the angling of the light because I've noticed that even if it's the exact same color of light, like if I turn on, because I, like I said, I was in an apartment, so I didn't have my normal like lights. If I turn on like the lamp, that's like eye level at night. I mean, it's disrupting, but if I turn on like the overhead light, even if it's the same color, at least the way I perceive it, when I turn on the overhead light, it just feels so stimulating. Like it feels, it just wakes me up so much more, especially at night. So that, that completely makes sense. The mercury thing, that's my personal passion project. Whenever I hear mercury, I'm like, friends, don't take mercury lightly. Cause I had mercury toxicity myself. And I think it's really hard. I think most, but most people don't really realize the vast amount of mercury that can be in different species of fish. Like the difference, like if you eat like one piece of swordfish, it could be like eating 300 pieces of tilapia mercury wise. So I always, when I hear that, I'm like, I just have to share. I know it's, it's unbelievable. And you know, like one thing I learned about sort of the mercury side of things, like obviously there's some fish that have less than, than others as well. And I've been sort of having a little look into it myself, given that I've got to eat a lot of fish now. And I read somewhere that it's the balance if, if the balance between mercury and selenium within the fish yeah, is, is a certain level, then that can be okay as well. So yeah, I was just starting to scratch the surface on that a bit. So I thought I'd just mention that to see if you knew anything on whether that's true or whether I'm on the right sort of rabbit hole on, on that. You are. I think you're definitely on the right rabbit hole because I've definitely gone down the selenium <laughs> rabbit hole because a lot of people say it's that the ratio of selenium to mercury is actually the only thing you need to worry about. I don't think it's the only thing to worry about. Like I still think if it's a high mercury fish that there's probably problems. And then I did research in selenium supplementation because apparently that can help. But then there are some studies that show it makes it worse if you supplement selenium. So then I was like, I don't know. I just don't know what to do. Yeah, I know. It's confusing. We'll have to just keep experimenting and, and testing. And the, the, the issue is, I guess, like our soils are so selenium deprived now, unless you live in Japan, that we're just going to have to eat a whole host of Brazil nuts, I guess, to, to try and balance it out. <laughs> I did read, because I'm reading Dr. Alan Christensen's new thyroid reset book, and he talks about selenium. And he pointed out, because a lot of people will, will say with Brazil nuts, oh, you might get selenium toxicity. He said, he pointed out there's never been any study that has shown selenium toxicity from Brazil nuts. So just throwing that out there, that that might be a good route to go. This is okay. super random question because this showed up in my mail today, actually. And you might not know anything about it, but have you heard of something called towel patch? I haven't, no. Okay. So... I might have to just send you information on it later, but it says, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it says it sort of works like acupuncture, but the mechanism of action has something to do with like taking the heat from your body and turning it into some sort of light that goes back into your cells. So this is this ringing a bell? No, no. Okay. I'll, I'll look into it more and send you some information and see if you have thoughts on it. Um, I'm looking at the at the box right now, but something to do with light, but it might have something to do though with what you were just talking about with like the resonance of different things. 
Yeah, I have heard of like clothing that's out there that can sort of reabsorb infrared light that's emitted from the body. So maybe it's something similar. I haven't seen the product, but maybe it's something similar like that where, you know, we give out a lot of infrared light during the day and a specific clothing and patches you can wear that actually then push that back into the body. And, and you know, as, as your listeners would know with, with red light therapy, it's the 815 nanometer invisible frequencies of, of near-infrared light that are the most beneficial. So if we're capturing those and re-putting those back into the body, you're going to decrease inflammation. You know, you're going to activate more of the, I guess, the phase four of, of electron chain transport, which is where cytochrome C oxidase mixes with oxygen. And when you pump infrared light back into that process, you're going to optimize more energy production. So it's, maybe it's something to do with that. But yeah, I'd be interested to see the product just so I can have a look at it critically for the, for the um, individual. I will find out more. Actually, I'm glad you said that because somebody sent me, a company sent me a lot of infrared clothing and I don't think I ever tried it. So I'm going to pull that out after this. Okay. So going back to all of the light stuff, so conditions that it can help with. So we talked a little bit about sleep and so when I asked for questions, Andrea says that she, she says, I don't sleep well. I feel awake all night. And a few hours before getting up, I seem to finally be able to relax. I try not to stress about it, but in the morning it affects my mood. She was wondering if blue light glasses could help with that. And then we actually had a testimonial, Kathleen, I was asking for questions, but she just volunteered this. She said, she said, I love blue blocks. My deep sleep more than doubled when I started using them. I've had terrible sleep issues my whole life. Things that help others sleep keep me up. My deep sleep was running anywhere from 11 minutes to maybe 50. If I was lucky, this has been a game changer. Thank you for bringing blue blocks to my attention. Sounds like blue blocks can help with sleep. Is that one of the, the main things people really experience is better sleep when they start using these? Yeah, better sleep, more energy in the day, because when you're having better sleep, you're going to have much more repair, much more autophagy, much more apoptosis and, you know, much more restorative sleep. You're going to have better learning, better cognition. You know, the list list goes on. And, you know, going going back to the the first question, which was the person that is not sleeping very well. And, you know, I'm glad that they've gone in depth with you know, telling us exactly what the issue is, because it's very obvious that she's got a reverse cortisol cycle, which is from a disrupted circadian rhythm through too much incorrect junk light exposure. So the way you identify a reverse cortisol cycle is that you struggle to get to sleep. You feel, you know, a little bit more awake in, in the evenings. You struggle to, you know, want to get up in the mornings. You almost like when the sun comes up, you're almost like, oh, I want to go to sleep now. You maybe slump during the day as well, like during the afternoon, maybe three o'clock, you'll start to slump a little bit. And that's a, a, a reverse and disrupted cortisol cycle. So what that means is that blue light actually elevates your cortisol levels in the morning, which is typically called a cortisol awakening response in a healthy individual. And it's almost like the defibrillators on, you know, or, or the key in an ignition. It just jumpstarts you and you're just like, boom, straight into the day. And then as blue light disappears in the evening and you manage blue light, that then signals to your brain to switch off cortisol production and turn on melatonin production. Melatonin is like the complete opposite to cortisol. It causes you to be relaxed, de-stressed, and then you just go into this amazing sleep. And then in the morning, the cortisol spikes and away you go. But when you start exposing yourself to blue light after sunset, over a long period of time, your cortisol cycles may switch, which means that you're more stimulated in the evening because your body believes that through all this phase shifting that we talked about earlier, thinks that 
that time at night, say nine, 10 o'clock at night is the daytime. So we need to jack cortisol levels up. We need to be alert and awake so we don't sleep. So, and then in the mornings, the body's then like, okay, right, cortisol has been so high for so long. We don't need to have it higher anymore. Let's drop it down a bit. Maybe it's a bit darker in her room and, and then she'll start to feel sleepier in the morning. Whereas when you actually start wearing sleep plus glasses from blue blocks after sunset, your body's then like, oh, there's, there's no blue light present. It must be the evening, which it is. And then you'll start to see over one to two weeks a reversal back to normal of that circadian cycle where she will feel more relaxed in the evening and she'll start feeling more alert in the mornings and be able to get out of bed. She also needs to watch the sunrise in the mornings. Might be a bit harder now because you guys will be going into winter, but at least making sure the first light she sees in the morning is natural light, whether it's hidden by the clouds or whether it's in full show. And then doing those two hacks, two to three hours sleep plus glasses before bed, sunrise in the morning, that problem will be fixed in a week or two easily. Okay. And actually to that point, so this is a question from me. So for my like light exposure on the inside, I have your light bulbs. I have a lot of Jufred and near-infrared light therapy devices that I use for a lot of ambient lighting actually. But I have a like a daylight, like one of those really bright, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably just like just blue light. And I use it in the morning to wake myself up is there a detrimental potentially effect to that? Is it because it's it's really bright? I do have it like over over my head, but do you think with all of our exposure to blue light, maybe that's not ideal? Yeah, I mean anything that isn't the rising sun in the morning is is not going to be good. You want to be careful with long term use of something like that. If you if you want to keep it in and you want to hack it, you're doing the right thing. You know, ha- don't just have that that lamp in isolation. Have your red light therapy device next to it, so you've kind of you're balancing that spectrum out. You know, if you're doing that, then that's, that's going to be okay. Again, it's, it's, it's testing it out. I mean, you know, personally from, from what I've read and how it impacts me, I wouldn't, I would, if I'm getting up in the morning and the sun hasn't risen, I will put my sleep plus glasses on because I'm always thinking to myself what my ancestors would have seen. I would have put those on because they wouldn't have seen any of the blues and, and that until the sun had risen. But also I live in a climate in Australia where we have 300 days of full sun and no cloud in the sky a year. So it's a lot easier for me in the middle of the winter. It's, you know, like sort of 84 Fahrenheit and, you know, full sun. So we've got this beautiful climate, but having come from the UK, I understand that, you know, it might be difficult to get outside when it's like really cold in the mornings and, you know, there's not really a lot of sunlight present and it is difficult for people in northern latitudes so i think that you know even though it's not optimal i think that it's something that you can you can do in in the winter months especially in the northern latitudes as long as you're hacking it like you're hacking it which is not just having a piercing spike of of blue light going into your eyes you're balancing it out you're you know you're having the red light next to it maybe you've got a few lumi bulbs on as well at the same time and is kind of trying to mimic the sun as, as, as much as possible. So yeah, I think that you just gotta, yeah, just, just be careful with it. But you know, if it's for a few months a year, then that's fine because you know, the short answer is to everyone, you know, like move to where there's more optimal light and more optimal light environment, but that's not practical for the majority of people. So yeah, I think these things are, are fine to, to do as long as you're aware of, I guess, any potential negatives and, and trying to mitigate those through various biohacks. 
Okay. Yeah. This is great. Cause you just, you just touched on, we actually had quite a few questions about the whole morning thing. I'll just read these, <laughs> these four questions, and then you can add any information to what you just said, but you, you touched on most of it. So Missy said, how important is it to wear blue light blocking in the morning if you get up before the sun rises? So then Cynthia said, is it necessary to wear them during the day or just at dusk? Angie said, she's, oh, she said she just ordered a pair last night and she's so excited for their arrival. And she said her question would be, would there be any benefit to wearing them for some time in the morning or not? And then lastly, Tamara said, is it good to block blue light all day or just a few hours before bedtime? So, so using it during the morning and the day, which you kind of just touched on, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, re, I'll recap. So look, you've always got to think, get in the mindset of thinking, what would our ancestors have, have seen in the morning? If they had got up before the sun had risen, they would have had red light present. They wouldn't have had any of the blue light, you know, they, they would have only have seen that at sunrise. So you don't want to roll over at, you know, 6am in the morning when the sun is rising at 8am and look at your smartphone or turn on your house lights, because you're just going to tell your brain that it's midday. And you've missed out on all those morning hours of hormone release and, and suppression and neurotransmitter release and suppression that's going to give us an optimal hormonal system. And you're also going to impact your sleep later on in the day because your phase shift, which means that you won't go to sleep until later. And so what you've got to do is if, if you're up in the morning, you before the sun has risen, you've got to be wearing the, the sleep plus glasses. So the ones you wear typically before bed, you'd wear them first because that's going to mimic you know, what it would be like at nighttime for our ancestors, which would be prior to sunrise in, in the mornings. And this is where the red light bulbs and the Lumi summer glows, the, the yellow light bulbs come in. If you start installing those in your house, you can then be quite selective about what what light you're having on. So you can put on the red the red light bulbs, and then you can put on, you don't then have to wear the glasses in the morning. You can even, like if it's getting close to sunrise, you can put on the yellow lights because there's like 90% blue light taking out of, of, of those. And you can also, you know, then when the sun is starting to rise, you can then take your glasses off and go outside, look at that light. And then you're, you've entrained your body clock to see the first sort of blue light you're seeing is from that sunrise in, in the morning, whether it's from a cloudy day, rainy day, the light is still present out there. Obviously it's better if it's not cloudy, but you can still get a, a similar benefit to entrain and start that circadian clock correctly. Now, during the day, it is absolutely paramount and I cannot stress this enough. Do not block blue light during the day. Okay. You want to filter it but you don't want to block it. So when it's a nice sunny day outside and you look up at the sky, what color is that sky? It's blue. Okay. The blue light is, it does beautiful things for us during the day from the sun. It tells us that it's, you know, let's dopamine and serotonin can be high, feel good hormones and neurotransmitters, keeps cortisol levels high, which causes us to feel alert and awake, which is a good thing during the day. And it's also an antagonist to elevate cortisol. Um, which is an antagonist, sorry, for any ultraviolet light damage that might happen to us during the day. So our bodies can't detect UV light. Its mechanism is to detect blue light, increase cortisol, which then mitigates any potential cellular damage from UV light, which could happen during the day. So that's why blue light is brilliant during the day. What has happened is we've decided to strip out all the red light from our artificial light sources. We have decided to really put only a very small banding of blue light within 
LEDs, but put it at a very high intensity level. So what we need to do during the day, we need to filter the amount of blue light we're receiving down a bit. So it's in line with what it's coming from the sun. To do that, you wear clear lenses that filter out about 30% of the blue light. So they're the blue light computer glasses from Blue Blocks. If you have a sensitivity to light during the day, so you get migraine headaches, you get, you know, maybe you're stressed, anxious, depressed, or maybe it's becoming a seasonal issue for you, like seasonal affective disorder that a lot of people in the UK get, then you would wear the yellow lenses during the day. Under no circumstances would you wear the red lenses during the day unless you were traveling to manage jet lag or if you were unfortunate enough to be working night shifts and that's your sleeping time during the day. The best thing you can do is block blue light two to three hours before bed using the Sleep Plus glasses, filter blue light during the day using either the clear lenses or the yellow lenses, depending on your sensitivity to blue light. 90% of people listening to this will need the clear lenses during the day and 10% will have probably a, a, a underlying issue that they need a bit more blue light filtration during the day and then also add red light back into your life as well so use the red light therapy device you have to be able to bring some of that balance back bring the red light back that's been stripped out of your led light sources add your salt lamp next to your computer have some red lights around you or some yellow lights around you like the summer glow lights and you'll then just have this whole sort of holistic light management and, and hygiene approach that will just be be really optimal. And then if you've got, you know, I know we're talking about blue light, but if you've got a red light therapy device, you can use the red light, the visible red light on that device any time of the day or night. It's not going to impact you in any way but positive. When you're using the invisible frequencies of your red light therapy device, so your infrared, your 850 nanometers, you only want to be using that between sunrise and sunset because ancestrally infrared light is not present before sunset or after sunset or before sunrise, so at nighttime. So you want to be very careful about how you utilize that kind of light as well because infrared light is what gives the sun its warmth. So it's present during the day and it's not present after, after sunset. So in answer to the question, sleep plus glasses in the morning before the sunrise is what you want to do. Lumi light bulbs installed in your house so you're not going to impact your circadian rhythm if you wake up early and during the day filter blue light don't block it yeah this is incredible that was a huge takeaway for me i think in our last conversation either on this show or on the if podcast about the red versus nir if you're using it as ambient lighting or the timing of using it because i people often ask me they're like you know how often do you turn on the red light devices. And I'm like, well, it's sort of running 24 um, seven, at least as, as long as I'm awake, because it just makes me feel so good. Like that light just has such a profound effect on my mood, my circadian rhythm. But I did make that change because I had been running the red and NIR basically the whole time. And so then I switched to only having NIR during, you know, when I would naturally be exposed to it. So you answered this question from Sunny. She wanted to know the, the difference between your yellow orange lenses versus the clear ones. So, so the clear ones, they block about 30% of blue light. The ones that are tinged with the yellow, like what percent of blue light do they block? Yes, they block about 50%. And they are, so that basically the two daytime glasses, so the, the clears and the yellows, they do exactly the same thing when it comes to what they're addressing, which is digital eye strain 
So both of those glasses will address dry eyes, watery eyes, headaches, and migraines during the day. Where the summer glow differs is that someone that has high levels of stress, anxiety, depression, or seasonal affective disorder basically will mean that if they're exposed to high frequencies of isolated blue light, though the feelings of anxiety, depression, stress, and sometimes migraines will be intensified. So what we wanted to do was block a little bit more blue light during the day, but also put the color therapy in to elevate their mood as well. So in essence, both the glasses do the same thing, the clears and the yellows, except the yellows do a little bit more for those people that need it. And we also found that a lot of people didn't feel comfortable wearing the yellow glasses in like an office environment. So we wanted to have an option for people that just wanted to wear sort of a pair that didn't distort color, that didn't look like they were wearing anything biohackery. Because I know, you know, people like you and I, Melanie, and a few of your other listeners would have no problem with, with wear whatever. No fear. I've got like my CGM on, I've got like all my stuff. Oh, some people will have an issue with that and uh, and sometimes the workplace might even have an issue with it you know it might be you know working customer facing and you know they want you to look a certain way unfortunately so the clears are great for that as well so look you, you majority of people will be fine with the clear lenses but if you want to go you know, like full melanie avalon biohacking then you want the yellows during the day you know it's it's really weighing up which one kind of fits best and we have a because we get asked that question a lot. We have it on our website. I've also done some YouTube videos on it. And, you know, just come ask us. You know, we've got all all my customer service um, ladies, are, are, you know, they hear me preach on about this stuff every day because I want them to know as much as I do. So, you know, they'll be able to answer. You know, if you're unsure, just say, look, I heard Andy on, on this podcast. I'm still not sure if I want the clears or the yellows or what I need. This is my light environment during the day. This is kind of how I feel when I'm under light. Can you suggest which one would be best for me? And they'll be able to say, boom, you'll need the clears or you'll need the yellows. So, you know, we take the guesswork out of that. And, you know, we've got such lovely girls here that, you know, absorb all this information and science and we'll make sure that you're picking the right ones. So definitely just drop them an email through the website. And, you know, I just think that's the best way. I think that, you know, take, takes the guesswork out of it and ensures that you're getting the right pair for yourself as well. But Everyone on this planet needs the the red sleep plus as you know, that's, that's a given, but it's the daytime one that does cause a little bit of confusion because there are two options because we want to cater for everyone. I love that so much. I am. Um, I actually had a really good moment the other day because I think a lot of people see the, the yellow lens and their first thought is that it's all about, which it is about blocking the blue light, but they think that that's like the, the main thing when it also has what you just said about the mood and helping with all of that with the the yellow color. And I was out the other day, this girl must've been wearing blue blocks because I was out (laughs) and it was overcast. So it wasn't very like bright at all. And I saw this girl in the parking lot and she had on, I, they looked like blue blocks and they were the yellow ones. And I was like, Oh, are those blue light blocking glasses? And she was like, yeah, you know, it's overcast. So I'm wearing them for my mood. I was like, yep, those have to be blue blocks because otherwise she would have pointed out that it was overcast and that's why she was wearing them. So it was a good moment. (laughs) Love it. Love that. 
So flip side of the spectrum, also in the same world of when to wear them, Irene has a question about wearing them at night. She says, I have a pair and I often wonder if I only wear them for a short time before bed, does that even help? Or if I'm wearing them, I take them off before bed and then I quickly look at my phone by accident. Does it ruin it or is having worn them for the past few hours created some sort of quote bank? I guess what I'm asking is, is it all or nothing or is it cumulative? It it is cumulative. But, you know, going back to what I said earlier, you'll set it back 20 minutes. Like you won't start producing, you'll have that kind of break in it. So you're building up your melatonin, wearing your glasses, it's building up, you take them off, it drops to nothing. Then in 20 minutes, it carries on producing again and adding to the bank. So, you know, what you want to do is just make sure that you're, you've hacked your light environment, get the Lumi light bulbs in, turn your iPhone screen red. As soon as that sun sets, turn it red. Like, you know, just Google how to turn your iPhone screen red and, and read my blog on how to do that. And, you know, then you won't have any excuses to take them off. You know, it's, you, you need two or three hours minimum, really, before bed, uninterrupted, in, in my opinion, to, to get the optimal benefits. Okay. And then also sort of a similar question, but to that same point. Oh, and I want to say really quickly before I forget, there are a ton of styles because we were talking about, you know, whether or not you want to look like you're wearing (laughs) biohacking glasses. What's awesome about Blue Blocks listeners, if you go on the website, there are so many styles. So you can really find, you know, whatever look you're going for, they've got it. It's not like there's just one option. So just wanted to make that known. They're not like visors, like they're not full coverage. Carol Ann says that blue light seems to get in during the evenings over and underneath the frame. How much can this impair sleep? It happens several times in the evening as I can't sit completely still or stay in one place all evening. I've heard Andy before and I seem to recall he said it's extremely important not to get any glimpses of blue light. So if we perceive getting blue light from around the rims. Is that problematic? Yeah, that was a a really good question. And one that I have answered a a few times before on other podcasts. So it's, it's actually all comes down to light angle and the placement of light sensitive cells within the eye. So we have things in our eyes called interpupillary um, retinal ganglion cells, so IPRGC. And what those cells do is they sense blue light and they are located very deep within the, within the retina. So when you actually look at angle of light, the biggest impact of light on those IPRGCs is from basically directly shining into your eyes from from straight on so it all comes down to to light angle again that you know the the light that actually is shining in from the sides has i can't say no effect it has minimal effect on on melatonin production one of the biggest issues would be light from above as well as as we mentioned earlier from dr alexander winch's research that's a very unnatural angle to have light coming down on you from um, after sunset. It's just not um, ancestrally present. So, you know, you want to make sure that you don't have those light sources from above. And if you do, you know, that, that, they're, that they're red. Ideally, you just have lamps on after sunset. Now, we also have recognized that some people that have a sensitivity to blue light or find that peripheral light being an issue 
we actually introduced a frame a year ago that takes out all of the peripheral light. It's called Onyx. And it's like like a pair of Oakleys, you know, they're like, they wrap around. So no peripheral light can come through. So, you know. That's the pair I have, by the way. I love it. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. They're, they're the like ultimates. I wear those after, after sunset as well. They're just so good. So, you know, in answer to the question, try and limit your light sources from above after sun, sunset. Peripheral light's not going to be a major issue for many people because of the location of the IPRGC light sensitive sort of signaling cells within the retina, deep within the inner retina. But for those that still are like, well, you know what? It still annoys me having the peripheral light come in and I still, I want optimal like Andy and Melanie, then you opt for the Onyx frame. But the, the, the downside to the Onyx frame is that it's not the most stylish of frames. So you have to weigh up optimal versus style. So yeah, in answer to the question, very minimal effect um, on melatonin. But if you want to go that full hog, then um, we have a product called Onyx, which completely blocks out peripheral light. Hi, friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. 
I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. Friends, you guys know I love wine. Do you love wine? I've done a lot of research on wine, and I truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits. The longest-lived populations drink wine. The polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight. It's what they eat when they drink. But if you want all of the benefits of wine, the type of wine you're drinking is key. Conventional wine in the US is often full of toxins. We're talking things like pesticides, mold, and additives. Dyes, colorizers, artificial flavors. Have you even seen some wine that says vegan? That's because conventional wine isn't even necessarily vegan because of the additives. I am obsessed with a company called Dry Farm Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices, and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines. One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon. All right, now back to the show. Hi, friends. Okay, so I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near-infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near-infrared for so long. And at the same time, during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution. And guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible 
and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time? That's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an ear infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Okay, awesome. And then some, another, some more questions about the glasses that you offer, because you do offer the ability to get prescription-made glasses, which is awesome. Mary Josie, she wants to know, do you make reading glasses? And also Krista wants to know, do you make progressive prescription lenses in the night red? She says she has a very strong prescription and she needs reading correction. She doesn't want to wear her contacts to bed with the red glasses. So with the prescription offers, reading glasses, to what extent can people get versions of blue light blocking glasses for all of that? Whatever they have prescription-wise, readers, anything, whatever it is, trifocals, bifocals, progressive, multifocals, prisms, reading magnification, we can do. So we can do absolutely everything. Um, bifocals, you know, if people want the line in there, um, we typically do progressives because there's no line that's aesthetically more pleasing. So yeah, we, we, we can do the lot, which isn't a problem. We go all the way up to plus four on the reading magnification for, for general readers and go higher if, if people have prescription. And it's just a case of when you when you go to the website, you look through all the frames that you'd want to choose from. You choose, you know, your pair of Mickey Sleep Plus glasses that you love. And then when you go to add to your cart, you have to select whether you want non-prescription, prescription or readers. If you select readers, then it loads up a drop down list to you for you to choose your magnification from 0.25 up to plus four and they go up in like 0.5 and 0.25 increments. 
so you can get those reading magnifications. Then you just add it to cart. If you select prescription as your option when you've chosen your, your Mickey Sleep Plus frames or any frame for that matter, you then get greeted with another option. Do you want single focal or progressive? And you would select which one you would like. And then you have to then upload a copy of your script. That can be just a scanned copy or a photograph from your phone of the script from your optometrist, or you could just write it on a Word document. You'd upload that, send it through to us, complete your order, and then we just um, work with our lab to get that done for you. It takes about five days to create and then about five days to ship. So in 10 days, you've got yourself a pair of blue light blocking or blue light filtering prescription or, or reading glasses from, from Blue Blocks. If you've got a favorite pair of sunglasses or prescription glasses that you want us to add our lens technology to, you can also just send us your frames as well. We have that option. It's called custom blue blockers and it's on each um, section. So you just order through that and then you post us your glasses, blue blocksify them for you and send them back to you. Oh my goodness. I'm learning so much. I didn't know you guys did all of that. Speaking of frames, Chris said, my dog ate my frames like the second week that I got them. Can these be taken to any eyeglass place to repair? It depends how badly chewed they are, I guess. Oh, it's a that's a horrible one. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. If the lenses are still working, like if the lenses aren't cracked, if he emails customer service and mention mentions that I said this was okay, we can send him a replacement frame because the frames are actually fairly cheap to produce because obviously we get those produced in in the large volumes it's the lens technology where the money is spent on blue blocks because it's so superior in its optics lab and really high quality so he wouldn't have to spend you know a hundred bucks again he might only have to you know we might be able to do a new frame for him for like thirty dollars or something and ship that out to him which means that you know he's going to get a nice new frame he's just got to pop the lenses out and pop them back into the new frame so we might be able to do that. It's not really a service we advertise on the website, but you know, I don't think an optometrist is going to be able to fix a, a dog chewed frame. So if he just messages our customer service and says that, you know, he's spoken to me and I've said that this is okay, they'll just rush a new new frame out to him and then he can just pop his lenses into, into that. Awesome. Yeah, because I'm a little bit confused by his question because he did say that the frames are still okay, but he said the frames were what got eaten. So I don't know if he meant maybe the lenses. I don't know what's going on, Chris. Um, <laughs> he did say it was what a mess, but I will let him know what you said. So that's incredible. Two more questions about the prescriptions. So some people have prescription glasses. They're wondering if you will make anything in the future to modify pre-existing glasses. So for example, Giovanna says, Will they be willing to make and sell clip-ons? I need glasses all the time, and I don't want to spend on prescription blue blockers because it changes every year, which will be expensive. And then Diane says, for those of us with prescription glasses, will blue blocks develop a clip-on version to use over our own glasses? That would be very convenient and very economical, especially for those of us with complicated prescriptions. So is that at all in the works, a clip-on version? It's something we used to do before we did prescription glasses. Yeah, we used to do it and it used to be fairly popular. But the issue we had was that we couldn't get, we had to get those clip-ons from a different supplier. So they weren't blocking optimally in line with, in line with the science. So we, you know, we, we trialed it, they were popular, but we just like, that's not our brand. Like we want to be optimal and we couldn't get that optimal solution. So, so we pulled that product. I guess what we... What we could probably think about doing, because this this question comes up 
five or six times a day about the clip-on and fit-overs. And typically it is people that have prescriptions that change a lot. We may have, well, not have to, but what could be a good workaround is some sort of subscription service where, you know, someone that's ordered, you know, a pair of, you know, complex prescription glasses from, or, or generally a pair of prescription glasses, it almost needs to be that if they need to then come back and get a second pair in a year time because their prescriptions change, we could do like some sort of like half price deal for those types of people. So say they bought Sleep Plus now, and then a year later, they're like, well, I need another pair of Sleep Plus with a different script. We would have some sort of loyalty program in place to be able to, to get that out to people. So they're not having to spend, you know, quite a lot each time to, to be able to get them. So that's probably the workaround. But yeah, there would be nothing in the, the pipeline to actually offer the, the clip-ons or, or fit-overs. The, the issue we would have, and again, it's from more of a, I guess, a, a business perspective, you, you're almost undermining one product against another by having that option. You're almost saying we do prescription glasses, but you can also buy clip-ons and you're almost... It's sort of saying you don't need prescription, you can just have the clip-ons and yeah, it's, I don't know how it would fit, you know, it's, it's hard. I, I don't want to confuse people, but I also realize there is an issue here with, because I get so many questions on it every day and customer service do, we have a template for it, that people want this kind of product and, you know, maybe there is a workaround some way with a, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's one that's, yeah, definitely in the front of my mind, but I would, the supplier I have at the moment wouldn't be able to do clip on. So it would mean finding another supplier to do them and making sure the technology is exactly the same, which would be, would be tricky, but yeah, it's good questions. And, and unfortunately, no, we don't, but yeah, we, we do everything in any prescription. So, and typically our prescription prices are a lot cheaper than than going into an optometrist anyway. So that could be worth worth looking at. But yeah, sorry, it's not a, a really, really positive answer on that one. Some other quick questions about using with electronic devices. So Noreen says that she has a pair. They help her get drowsy. She says, I like to read on my phone at night, but it's difficult with the glasses on because they darken it. If I turn my phone screen brighter, will the glasses be just as effective for blue blocking and enhancing sleepiness? I've wondered that as well. So like if you turn up your brightness on your phone, is it still blocking, <laughs> blocking all the stuff? It certainly does. It's a really good idea and a really good workaround and well worth doing. Um, what I would make sure to do if you're turning up your brightness on your phone screen and reading from your phone before bed that you cover your thyroid. So cover it with a scarf because you don't want to be shining that kind of light on your thyroid. I never thought about that. There's not a lot of studies on it, but there's one in Japan that have shown that artificial blue light in isolation can actually disrupt T-cell production within the, the thyroid. So I always say if you're using your phone for any length of time, especially if you're a woman, because for some reason women experience this a lot more than men, you know, hyperthyroidism, Hashimoto's, make sure you get a, like a silk scarf or something to cover your neck when your phone is being used. Because if you think about when you use your phone, you're basically just shining blue light on that thyroid and it's so close to the surface of your skin that it's going to disrupt a hormonal profiling. So yeah, definitely something to consider. But the blue light glasses will work just the same as if you have it on dim or if you have it on very bright. So yes, you can turn that up on your phone or maybe think if, if the screen is maybe too small or you can't 
maybe that's the issue. Maybe you look at a tablet to read from. Kindles are a little bit more favorable as well because they don't admit as much blue light. So there's a few few hacks there. And one of the big things with with light and how the eye works in terms of keeping it healthy is that if we read black letters on a white background, we are going to cause over time a degradation of our of our eye and, and we can lead to things like you know short-sightedness, macular degeneration. If you flip the background to be black with white lettering, so invert the colors on your phone, you're not going to cause any damage to your eyes through reading text in that way. Studies have shown this. And you may also be able to see it a lot more clearly because the white, because the black background with the the white letters will be easier to see wearing blue light glasses as well, as opposed to the other way around. I love hearing that. I love that. I don't know if if the normal male on Mac does this, but the, the airmail client that I use, it it switches my mail at night to, to like a black background and white text. I found that really effective. Oh, and really quick about the thyroid. So I've done a lot of research on the red and near infrared light and the studies on near infrared therapy on thyroid, on hypothyroidism are like shocking. They found in studies the way people have been able to go off of their thyroid medication, treating their thyroid with NIR, which I think that was one of the selling points for me back in the day when I was researching all of that. Um, so that would be the flip side of the spectrum, healing our thyroid. Absolutely. Every, every night I use red light therapy device on my thyroid. I will shine it on there for 10, 15 minutes. And yeah, it's, it works wonders. It really does. So yeah, keep, keep doing that, please. <laughs> I stopped doing it. I need to start integrating it into my routine again. I, I think when I do my sauna session, I should like I'll make that part of it, hold it over my thyroid. One more electronic question. So for people that watch TV at night, (laughs) some people say they, if they want to watch it and they don't want to experience any color change on the TV, I'm guessing that's probably not quite an option, but Noreen says, is there any future plans to develop the sleep glasses without any darkening and to make TV watching without changing colors? And Margaret says she doesn't wear hers because of the color change with the TV. I feel like there's probably not a good, there's probably not a promising answer for that, but. Unfortunately, you know, those, those individuals are, are choosing, you know, the, the path of, of potentially poorer health for watching television more aesthetically for them. I hate to say it, it it's, it's, it's true. The, the, the fact of the matter when it comes to light filtration is from a physics standpoint, you can't have, you, like you've got to think of it, right? It's like not possible. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's physically not possible in this in this universe. Like the color blue means that it contains blue light. Okay, so if you're watching a, watching the telly and you know Jack from EastEnders or wh- whatever soaps you guys watch over over in the in America is wearing a blue shirt, that shirt is has you know the LEDs are, are showing that as blue light. So you have to remove that color that color has to be removed because you can't see blue. If you want to see blue, then you're going to have a harder time sleeping. You're going to disrupt your hormones. And to be fair, like a lot of people with blue light glasses that change the color, like you're not going to put your glasses on and see red. It's not going to happen. The the blues will appear black and the greens will appear a different shade of green. And once you actually, you know, wear these religiously for three to four weeks, you're not going to see any different, you know, you, you, when you first put them on and you watch, 
you know, your, your program, you are going to think it's different because you've been watching it for so many years and seeing all the other colors. But when you actually just create it as a habit after three to four weeks, you'll take the glasses off, look at the TV and you'll feel like your eyes are burning. Like that's how bad it actually is in the amount of blue light that's present. So I think that, you know, answer number one to the question is physically impossible not to have color distortion because blue light needs to be blocked. So the color blue should not be seen. And two, if you're favoring watching TV without blue light glasses in the evening over wearing blue light glasses in the evening, then, you know, there's not a lot I can do to help you. (laughs) I'm afraid you're going to be on the path to bad sleep, bad health, and probably have a lot of issues later on in life. So, um, you know, weigh it up. Like if your soaps are more important to you than that, then amazing go for it totally up to you everyone can do what they want it's not an issue but if your health is more important to you then you you, you want to be probably sucking up the, the the color difference and trying to get used to it really i was thinking about this i guess i haven't watched anything in quote normal colors in years because <laughs> I'll, I'll often play something in the evening to to wind down because i i tend to always be on and i find it actually very de-stressing, but I always watch with my glasses, but it really doesn't bother me. Like when you've been doing it this long, you don't, you get used to it. Like it's, it's not really that much of a big deal. A few more quick questions about your, your company. So for shipping, we did have a question. Do you ship at all to APO addresses, military addresses that are U.S. addresses, but they are not in the U.S. or do you have plans to do that? We do it all the time. So yeah, it's totally, um, Lydia's in Germany with a APO address. Yep, no problem at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely no problem. Yeah, we um, we do that all, all, all the time. Yeah, she said she ordered and they canceled her order because they could not ship to a military base PO box in Germany. Hmm. Um, what was her name? Lydia. Okay, I'll look into that because we ship there every day, pretty much all over the place. So uh, yeah, hopefully she's got the right company because yeah the, the 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 girl the girls here ship all day every day to to apos all over the place africa like middle east and afghanistan iraq places like that so yeah definitely we definitely can it's not not a problem okay that's great she's gonna love that also monica wants to know because for every pair of glasses you guys give a pair of glasses to someone in need monica wants to know like what exactly is happening with that like what type of glasses are people getting yeah absolutely so what happens with that is restoring vision who's who is who we work with we have a, a buy one gift one pledge so what happens is that when someone buys a pair of glasses from us we gift the monetary equivalent of a pair of reading glasses to restoring vision at the end of each quarter and they then use that money because all they do is buy reading glasses for people in the developing world so they're not like getting our product, but we're funding their mission to get standard reading glasses for these people who, you know, they need them to be able to, you know, just, you know, they don't need prescription. They just need reading magnification so they can, um, they can see better to be able to work in the factories they're working in to provide like an, uh, an income for their families and put, put their kids through school, things like that. So, you know, it's just one of the most simple things that we take for granted over here, like a pair of reading glasses, but they're just not available in these developing countries and they can't afford them. So yeah, that's what we do. So it's a monetary value for each pair that then goes to restoring vision. And then they use those funds to purchase reading glasses and put them on to 
people in the developing world. So yeah, it's definitely something that's dear to our hearts. That is so incredible. I'm glad she asked that because I was wondering about the specifics of that. So now I, now I know even more. So just a few more rapid fire questions. So Barb wants to know, and you touched on this a little bit already, but for those people who do shift work or work at night, she says, I would like to know how the glasses can help those of us who work nights. So for shift workers, how might they use it? Yeah, it's a really good question. Shift work is something that can be hacked, but it can never be optimal, unfortunately, because we haven't evolved to to work at night under artificial light. It's just a simple fact of the matter. So, you know, if they can change from night shifts today, please do so. But the the issue you've got is that so many amazing people like nurses, doctors, security, they all have to work nights to, to protect us and, and keep us healthy. So, you know, Secondly, I'd, lo- I'd like to thank those people that are listening that do work night shifts for, you know, damaging their health to make our world a better place and make us healthier. So that's that's huge. But there are hacks you can do. So when you're working under artificial light after after sunset, you would you would need to be wearing the summer glow lenses throughout the shift because you still want some blue light. You don't want to block it, but you don't want to have too much of it coming into your into into your body for your for your eyes and what you do also need is you need that color therapy boost because your hormones are going to be a little bit all over the place and shift workers typically have more depression anxiety and stress levels and people that work during the day so the color therapy within the summer glow lenses is going to be you know of huge help but i guess the hacks come really after the night shift after that one's happened it's it's more a case of you need to then mimic the nighttime so you need to go outside and get a lot of of sunlight after your shift and before your shift as much as you can because you're going to be sleeping during the day when natural light's present which isn't ideal we need a lot of natural light and if you start depriving yourself of natural light in between your shifts you're going to really really accelerate a lot of issues um, at a cellular level so you know, getting outside. I always say to night shift workers, ground yourself to the earth, barefoot on the grass, on the sand, because you're going to have a hell of a lot of inflammation working under those kind of lights after sunset. So, you know, grounding yourself to the to the earth is going to reduce that inflammation. You need to utilize a lot of red light therapy, a lot of it. So sitting down after your shift and, you know, getting red light on as much of your body as you can near infrared and and red because again you're going to be full of inflammation if you can stomach it ice baths and cold showers but i know a lot of people can't so red light therapy is probably a bit better a bit warmer and what you want to do is you need to create a sleep sanctuary for yourself so after you've done all that stuff after your shift you need to be getting in that 100% dark room you need blackout curtains you need a 100% blackout sleep mask you want your room to be nice and cool so make sure it's the right temperature get a, a you know like a chili pad or something to sleep on or put the air conditioning on in your room and, and set it to the temperature for optimal sleep and then once you wake up make sure you wake up in good time for your shift so you can go outside and you can you can get more natural light before you start your your, your shift because then your body will think oh that's my daytime i've got the light through my from the sun through through my eyes and and i can start my night shift but you know if you implement those hacks you're going to be you're going to be in a good place and um, molecular hydrogen is also a really good thing to take 
I won't name any brands, but you Google molecular hydrogen and, and start supplementing on that. Glutamine is also good as well to help sort of mitigate any any inflammation and, and reactive oxygen species in, in your body. But ultimately, unfortunately, night shift is really not good. You know, there's a huge study on it, nurses study, where they looked at women that work night shifts and almost an increase in all-cause mortality for them. You know, their risk of dying from anything was was increased quite substantially from, from working night shifts. So you want to mitigate as much as that, like bring that risk factor down as much as possible by implementing those types of, of hacks. And, and if you can, try and, and not work night shifts. But I know that's not possible for, for many people. And, and for that, you know, I, I salute them as well and, and say, you know, thank you for, for what you do because, you know, without you working those night shifts, the world would, would be a worse place. So um, I thank them for that. We get so many questions on the eating side of things on the intermittent fasting podcast from night shift workers and how to, to make all that work. And it's just really not the ideal situation. So that's why I'm so grateful for all these things that we can do to mitigate a lot of the potential problems with that. I should have asked this one earlier um, when we were talking about the electronic devices, but do you have any plans for, Nicole wants to know, Will you make anything that attaches to devices? So like put over your computer or phones or TVs. You, you, you can hack a lot of this stuff, you know, where, where possible, you know, like I've got a company that, you know, that produ- produces optimal products. And, and yes, we, we, we want to make money because, you know, we wouldn't have a business otherwise. But, you know, I also like to give free things back to people as well. Like I don't want to just you know, upsell, upsell, upsell to people when there's actually things out there that you can do for free. So, you know, like your computer screen, for instance, get something like Iris or F.Lux installed on your computer and you can eradicate a lot of blue light that way for during the day. And you don't then need a screen protector. Um, you, you use Flux and Iris in combination with the glasses and, and you're onto a winner. Your smartphone during the day, just turn it to night shift mode during the day and then hack your phone by Googling how to turn your smartphone red after sunset, and then you don't need a screen protector for that. So that saves you some money. It's free things to do. The TV is a little bit more complex because you, I mean, guess you wear glasses anyway by watching it. So it's not too much of a problem, but you can hack that as well. If you run your favorite subscription service, say like Netflix through your computer with Iris or Flux installed on it, and then attach that computer to your TV and watch Netflix that way, then you will automatically have a filter applied to the TV as well, which will help mitigate any damage against blue light from your from hitting your skin. So we probably wouldn't create those products because I don't want to take money from people unnecessarily when there's free ways to do these things. The glasses, the bulbs, the sleep mask and the red light therapy are things that people need. Whereas I think the screen protectors and things like that would I feel so bad because there's free ways to do these things. I'm just taking someone's money for, you know, capitalist gains. And and I don't want to do that. I love hearing that so much. And actually that kind of brings us full circle. Svetlana, she says she does have blue light blocking glasses, but they're not the blue blocks brand. So she wants to know what makes blue blocks different than other glasses. And this ties into what you just said, because I do get a lot of questions from people wanting to know what the what the cheap alternative is to blue light blocking glasses um, as far as buying blue light blocking glasses. I mean, you already kind of talked about this in the beginning, but just to bring it all f- full circle and bring it home, why should people choose blue blocks as their as their choice and, you know, make the investment in that for, for their health when it comes to blue light blocking? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, the biggest thing for us is that, you know, people buy a brand that has been backed by science and rigorously tested. And unfortunately, every other company that's out there doesn't do it. You know, if there were other ones out there, I'd say go find them. You know, it, it doesn't have to be bought from Blue Blocks. But, you know, if you're going to buy a pair of blue light glasses to wear before bed, I would ask for a lab third-party lab-tested spectral analysis report showing that 100% of light is blocked between 400 and 550 nanometers. If they can't produce that, then it's probably because it doesn't block between that or they're just jumping on the blue light bandwagon and have no idea what you're talking about. If you ask that to us, we'll send you a lens report and you can look at it and go, yep, everything's blocked between that, that spectrum. What you'll find with the cheap pairs is that they're mass produced in China in a factory and they're just using a plastic lens that's orange, filters most blue light, but not enough of it to optimize your sleep. And where ours are made, they're made in Australia in an optics laboratory. So it's a three-tiered QC process using the highest grade lens you can possibly buy. And then we've applied, depending on what um, clear yellow or or, or red, we apply a specific tint to that lens. And then we spectrum test that lens to make sure it's blocking 100% of light that that study in 2001 claims to be the melatonin disruption zone for the sleep plus glasses and various other studies for the yellow and clear. So that when they come to us here in our distribution hub, we then test them again using another spectrometer. And if they pass that test, they can go out. If they don't, they go back to the lab and they're, they're remade. With China, you won't get that. You'll get an order of a company that orders a thousand of them. Half of them won't, you know, all of them will be probably different blocking than each of the, each of the other ones. And none of them will block in line with science, unfortunately. And you'll just be left with something that, that's suboptimal. And if you buy a cheap pair, you'll end up buying them again because, you know, you're, you're they'll break or they won't be optimal. You'll hear this podcast and be like, bugger, I bought the wrong pair of blue light glasses. I need to actually now invest in a proper pair. But, you know, you've got to look at it as an investment. Like I hate it when people say, what's the cheap alternative? Because, you know, would you do that with food? Would you go out and look, right, what's the cheapest, what's the cheapest food? Okay, right, it's fast food. Brilliant. I'll just live off that. Is that going to be good for your health? No, it's not. Whereas if you live off like organic whole foods, yes, it costs a bit more, but you're going to save a lot in health insurance when you're older and, and not got horrible, horrible diseases. And the same is true for blue light glasses. Like, you know, you've got these amazing frames, really high quality, the best lenses science backed in the world. This isn't something you have to buy every year. This is something you've got for life, you know, and you might spend a hundred dollars on a pair of blue blocks glasses that will last you 20 years, you know, and you know, that's, that's nothing. That's $5 a year to optimize your light hygiene and have the best, most optimal sleep hormone production that you possibly can. And, you know, there's just too many brands out there at the moment that are just getting a load of product from China, they're going on Alibaba, they're buying this stuff, badging it up with their branding, and then just trying to sell it. And that is just not what we're about. We're about evidence-based using the current technology, educating, you know, I've been on over 120 podcasts now talking, you know, maybe a small amount about blue blocks, but a lot of it about how light works at a, a sort of biological level and how you can implement these hacks in order to, you know, improve your health and, and well-being. And unfortunately, you can't do it if you're using suboptimal product that has been made in China because those guys are, are in it for the business as well. They're, they're produ mass producing this stuff, selling it around the world. whereas 
our price point is higher because ours are made in Australia, they're higher quality, and they're backed by science. Like no one has access to the tints that we have. These are in-house produced tints that we've taken months and months to, to refine and get right. And we just take pride in releasing the most optimal products. So we test them. Um, every single pair before they go out. And I think, you know, as, as well, just to, to cap it off, you know, we, we gift back as well. You know, you, you might buy yourself a pair of cheap blue light glasses on, on Amazon that probably won't work very well. And you've helped yourself, which is amazing, you know, help yourself. And, you know, you, you've got that, you know, privilege to be able to buy something like that. But someone in the developing world doesn't have that same privilege or access to something that will help them. So, by helping yourself by buying blue blocks, you're actually helping another person that can't help themselves in the developing world. And, you know, we need more of that. We need more people, more brands to be able to start giving back to these people because it's our responsibility at blue blocks and everyone in the world to help those that are suppressed by other governments that can't buy these, you know, simple reading glasses just to be able to provide an education or, or an income to, to, to their children and families. So, you know, I think those are the, probably the most three most important factors. But if, you know, if, if Blue Box isn't for people, then, you know, I hope I've empowered people to ask the right questions to make sure they're getting the right product when they, you know, or if they choose another brand. Yeah, that is so, so incredible. And like I said, I do get that question a lot. And I'm like, I just, <laughs> I really have to advocate getting blue blocks for everything that you just said. You know, you know, the quality you're getting, you know, you're blocking the blue light that you need to be blocking. You know, there's the donation to the the people in need with the reading glasses. And I personally have experienced so many, so many benefits. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we connected. I don't remember when it actually happened, but I switched over all my, all my glasses to you guys. And I, I couldn't be happier and also grateful because you do have a special offer just for my audience. So for listeners, if you go to melanieavalon.com slash blue box and use the coupon Melanie Avalon, that will get you 15% off. So there's that savings. So I'm really, really grateful for that. And by the way, it's spelled, I'll put all this information in the show notes, but blue blocks is spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X. So Andy, thank you. I just treasure our conversation so much. Brings me to the last question that I ask every single guest on this show. You might remember it from last time, but it's just because I realize more and more each day how important mindset is surrounding everything. So what is something that you're grateful for? I am grateful right now that I live in a country that has pretty much suppressed COVID-19 and I can move freely around and have done for the last six months. We haven't had a community infection for six months in, in Western Australia and we've now opened our borders to the rest of Australia and we can start moving freely around the country with, with no restrictions. And we've been moving around our state for six months with no restrictions. So I know that my heart goes out, my heart bleeds for people that are in Europe and, and the US right now and with, with these lockdowns and, and restrictions. And I'm just so grateful that we're in a country that's very isolated and we're an island and we managed to shut down, you know, anyone coming into to our country as soon as it started to escalate. And, you know, as much as that's frustrated me in terms of I can't, we can't leave Australia to travel um, and probably won't be able to for another sort of six months. Our freedoms are still intact here. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for that. And we're coming into a beautiful summer where, you know, it's just going to be lovely and hot, lots of sun, and, and we're just going to, yeah, just, just thrive, I think. So yeah, I'm very grateful for that right now, I think. 
That's incredible. I didn't realize that about Australia. So that's, wow, that is, that is definitely something to be grateful for. Well, thank you so much. This has been so incredible. I'm so grateful for everything that you're doing. Like I said, these conversations are just the best. And I know my listeners are benefiting so much from all of the, the empowerment and the knowledge and the, the products that you're providing. So thank you. Hopefully we can talk again in the future. Absolutely. And thank you again for letting me um, come on and, and speak to your amazing community. And I hope this conversation helps empower people to, you know, improve their light hygiene one way or the other. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks, Andy. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got this.